Well, we commenced the book of Genesis last week and we uh, looked at day one in creation. As we continue through the book of Genesis, we're not going to be looking at every verse. Rather, we'll be observing key passages and themes. And so today we come to day six in the creation story. God created human beings in his image. And so we move from, in a sense, formlessness that we were thinking about last week to teeming with life. First, though, I think it's important to just remind ourselves that Genesis is not a scientific manual seeking to answer all of our questions concerning creation. These questions are insignificant to the writer. There's so much about God and creation that we don't understand. However, God has given us all that we need to know, to know and follow him. I love these words from Deuteronomy 29, 29. The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the things revealed belong to us and to our children forever, that they may follow all the words of this law. And so God has revealed to us all that we need to know to know and follow him. Now, many of us who have had kids, got kids, kids going through school, kids heading to university, grandkids going through or heading to university, perhaps... We're afraid for our kids as they go through school and their adoption of theories such as evolution. I want to just give us a word of caution. Let's not insult their intelligence. In Year 12, I studied biology and much of the test book was based upon Darwin's theory, The Origin of Species. But just because much of the theory was based upon his work and I had to answer all of the questions based upon the information given, it didn't mean I had to believe it. And so as our young people go through their studies, let's be praying. Let's be praying for them, praying that their faith in God will continue to grow deeper as a result of what they're being taught also reminds us that we need to be diligent in parenting, diligent in teaching our kids the truth of God's word. But let's not insult their intelligence. They have got a brain and they know how to use it. And let's not doubt the power of the Holy Spirit to reveal God's truth to them. The power of God's Spirit. You know, there are at least two reasons why Satan led Darwin to write his book. First, it diminishes our view of God. If things just happen by chance over time, then there's no creator to think about. If there's no creator, then I can pretty much do whatever I please without any worry of eternal consequences. So it diminishes our view of God. But secondly, not only has the theory of evolution lowered our our view of God, but it's lowered our view of one another. 
See, if we're just evolved from a lower life form, then we're really no better than any of the other life forms and we needn't respect one another. We're not much better than a monkey. And so here was this experiment in the the London Zoo. As one pastor said, from goo to you via the zoo. (laughs) But we're made in the image of God. We're made in the image of God. And because we are made in the image of God, then we need to respect one another. And so we need to refocus on the fact that we are created in the image of God, but what does that mean? What does that mean for us? We start at verse 26. Then God said, Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. And so God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. And chapter 2 tells us that God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and the man became a living being. Last week we noted that the creative process for God took no effort whatsoever. He thinks it, he wills it, and it is. In every step of creation we read that God said and what he wills, he decrees and he appoints, it happens. Until we get to humanity, God says, let us make. Might want to move on a couple of slides, Tim. God said, let us make. He formed man from the dust of the ground. He doesn't just think us into being. He formed us from the ground. He took the dust of the ground. He forms a man. He put his personal touch, if you like, his fingerprint on us when he made us in his image. Having been created in the image of God... It's not meant to give us some false sense of importance. It's not meant to give us a sense that we are gods of our own destiny, that we are like God and that we don't need to listen to him anymore. God created us in his image so that we would bless the world as he has blessed us. He created us in his image for a purpose, to be like him, to bless the world. And the first thing we notice is that God says, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness. Let us. Declares that God is the triune God. He is the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit and all three were involved in the creative process. It's in a totally unique creative act 
that God gave Adam not only physical life but also personhood. He gave Adam capacity to think, to feel, to evaluate, to love, to choose as a self-aware individual. God created human beings with physical, emotional, spiritual, moral, social capacities. He gave us what he didn't give to any other aspect or area of creation. These may not be all of the ways in which we are created in God's image, but let's consider spiritually. We, we have a spirit, and for many that is a God-shaped hole that's just longing to be filled. We know that there's got to be more to life than just this physical and temporal here and now. We know that there's got to be more to life. We, we sense that there is an eternity, that there's something beyond death. And people pursue the spiritual in all manner of ways around the world. And for most of us here today, we've come to worship God in spirit and in truth. Mentally, humanity was created with an ability to reason, to ponder, to contemplate, to rationalise, to use our intellect to learn, invent, create. Our capacity to think is so much higher than any other of the created beings. In, it, it is reflected in our ability to ponder the things of God. We each have that capacity to ponder the things of God morally, Humanity was created in righteousness and perfect innocence. It's a reflection of God's holiness. God saw all that he had made, humanity included, and he called it very good. Very good. Our conscience, our moral compass points us back to that original state. Whenever someone writes a law or recoils from evil, praises good behaviour, feels guilty, he or she is confirming the fact that we are made in the image of God. The final aspect I'd like to mention is perhaps the most important, socially. In the image of God... He created them. Male and female, he created them. Together, we are the image of God. Just as God incorporates the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit, together we reflect the image of God as we are created for fellowship. And there are aspects of our womanhood and manhood that together reflect the image of God. And it is as we interact with one another that we learn what love really means. What it requires. That love means doing all you can for the well-being of the other. 
that physically, emotionally, spiritually, you will do all that you can for their well-being. Male and female, he created them in the image of God in order that we may love. And although the fall has disfigured the beauty of that original creation, by the presence of God together we are being transformed back into the image of God. Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians, We who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into the image, his image, with ever-increasing glory which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. We're being recreated, transformed into the image of God. Now verse 28 begins, God bless them. God blessed them. God put his hand of blessing upon them. He wanted them to know that they, had, uh, they held a special place in his heart, that they were created for fellowship with him and that they were in a privileged position that the rest of creation was not. They would rule over the creation and endeavour to steward it well. He blessed them and he blessed them to fulfil their tasks. Verse 28 to 29. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. And God said, I will give you, I give you every seed bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it, they will be yours for food. Be fruitful, multiply, subdue the earth and the animal kingdom and I've provided you with everything you need to do so. This was not meant to be an an onerous task. This was not meant to be tough or difficult. It wasn't meant to be hard work. It was meant to be a pleasure. It was meant to be fulfilling, rewarding, gratifying. God blessed them just as as parents bless their child when they marry and begin to establish their own life. God blessed them. And we... I think we really struggle to have any idea how glorious it must have been in the beginning. Haven't got a clue how how beautiful it must have been, how, how glorious, how wonderful. God saw all that he made and it was very, and I think you could say very, numerous times. It was very, 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 very good. It was very good. The earth, the garden, the skies, the weather, the animal kingdom, the fruit trees bearing abundant, delicious fruit, even better than a mango. (laughs) Adam and Eve in sinless perfection, gloriously in love with one another and with God, in perfect harmony with God, perfection, beauty, majesty, holiness. It was very, very, very good. Oh, to have been Adam and Eve. 
And it was so good, it was so good that God measures, puts measures in place to ensure that the glory of this new creation is kept within the context of their relationship with him. Chapter 2, verse 2. By the seventh day, God had finished the work that he'd been doing, so on the seventh day he rested from all his work, And then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. Now, God didn't need to rest. God is the all-powerful God that we were thinking about last week. He creates, he thinks it, and it is. He didn't need to rest, but in the context of the fourth commandment to remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy, he's making it clear to Adam and Eve that they are to steward the garden but rest in the presence of God. He blessed the seventh day. He set it apart as a day of leaning into the presence of God. This is a beautiful creation. It is so very, very good. It's not meant to be a day of doing nothing, but purposefully moving into God's presence. Creation is so good that he wants them to to keep enjoying him too. Now, if you don't have a relationship with God, then you're missing out on the biggest part of what you were created to enjoy. Yes, you may feel fulfilled and successful at times, but God's purposes for you are so much more. To be fully human, we need to be doing what we're created for, and that means cultivating a relationship with God, enjoying our Father, leaning into him, resting in him. There's something else that I want to suggest as being made in the image of God. God is love. Similarly, we all long to love and be loved. We want to experience love and we want to find ways to express love. In our fallen world, this can become a little distorted at times, but we all want to be loved and we want to express love. This is a yearning that is best fulfilled by opening ourselves up to the love of the Father, loving of of God. He created us because he loves us. And he wants us to experience his love. He cares for us. He provides for us, protects us. He's done everything that was needed for your and my well-being. Consider for a moment that Jesus is God. Jesus is God, but he was also created in the image of God, just as we are created in the image of God, or he was recreated in the image of God. He shares the attributes that we too share. But his relationship with God was perfect. And God wants us to know him as our perfect 
Father. But if we're to live out the image of God, how does, how does being made in the image of God, how does that apply to us today? How do we live that out? If we're to live out the image of God, then we are to love one another. We are to respect one another. We're to express love to all others, to respect them, for they too, everybody around you is made in the image of God. Everybody, not just the godly, not those who love God and try to be like God, but everybody, even the ungodly, are made in the image of God. So consider for a moment this street lady as I describe her. She appears to be very unhealthy hardened by years of sleeping on park benches and under bridges. Her mouth droops to one side. Her clothes are a conglomeration of filthy rags. And she drags one foot behind the other in a kind of a limp. And her demeanour tells you that there's probably something not quite right with her mental faculties. And in terms of productivity, our society would soon throw her on the rubbish heap. But there's something very special about this lady. Why? Because she is made in the image of God. Every person you come across has been made in the image of God with spiritual, mental, moral, social capacity. Who do you struggle with? Who do you really struggle with? Who do you feel it's just so hard to accept or love. Again, in our fallen world, the the image of God has been considerably distorted, but we all long to love and be loved. Can we find ways to be a light on a stand that gives light to everyone in the house? Can we find ways to represent the image of God more faithfully? To bless our world as he has blessed us? To love our world as he has loved us? Can we love because he first loved us? And so we praise the Lord. Praise the Lord for he has done marvellous things. He has responded to our desperation, to our poverty, to our sinful state of helplessness and hopelessness by providing Jesus and through his death the way back into his glorious presence 
I trust you're praising God because of that. So let's stand and sing together our closing song. May our God be exalted in every nation. I purposefully put those slides up today of the faces and there is not one European face to remind us that God's love is for everyone and everyone is made in the image of God. So may he be exalted in every nation. May he be glorified. Let's stand and sing.